Hi, I'm Jordan, and this podcast is for ambitious women who know they're capable of so much more and want the tools and guidance to step up and take charge. Whether it's our mindset, career, business, or personal life, together we are going to journey from mess to success. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mess to Success podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of podcasting mayhem. I feel so honored to have you here on this podcasting journey with me, as I say at the start of every episode. Anyway, I hope you've all been having a really great week. And for those who are still in COVID lockdowns at the moment, as always, my thoughts are with you. I hope you are staying sane. I hope that you haven't suffered any loss of income and that you're all doing okay for your mental health. If you want someone to talk to and you just like, I don't know, please feel free to reach out and send me a message. I'll chat to you if you don't have anyone to chat to. And yeah, let's just try and support each other as much as we can um, with all of these lockdowns and with everything changing at the moment. So today's episode is a really, really great one. I'm super, super excited about today's episode because it just came to me so naturally. I was just kind of thinking about what this week's episode was going to be. And then I was like, you know what? I want to talk about making mistakes because I don't know about you guys, but I I get like paralyzed by the fear of making a mistake. Like I get so scared to make mistakes. I feel like failure is like the worst thing on earth. And I just, oh my gosh, I can get so up in my own head about making mistakes. And this is the mess to success podcast. So I'm thinking, well, why shouldn't I share what I've learned about making mistakes um, on my journey with with my audience, you know, it might resonate with you guys because I've really had to turn around, like turn my mindset around in terms of the way I think about mistakes because how I was before, oh my God, that's not sustainable. I can't go, I couldn't go around living on like that, thinking that every mistake I ever made was the worst thing on planet earth, thinking that I literally like deserve to get fired or deserve to lose everything for every single mistake. And I think it's really interesting because I feel like I don't know if it's, you know, a result of the internet or just if it just seems that way, but I feel like a lot of people in this generation or at this moment have a lot of hyper awareness, more hyper awareness than what we've ever had before. Because when you think about it, um, if someone makes a mistake nowadays and not just nowadays, it's been this way since I can remember, since I was a child going on Twitter for the first time, since I was a child going on Tumblr for the first time, Instagram, any of that. And you know, we've got to think some of these apps and websites have now been around for over 10 years. That's a big chunk of time, especially for, you know, I'm only 24 now. So some of these apps, I've been on these apps for 10 years, like since I was 14, right up until now, even before that, some of them, even before that, like Twitter has been around for yonks. Um, and the thing with that is that we see people get absolutely obliterated for their mistakes on these apps. And um, I'm not talking about cancel culture and all of that. Like that's, I feel like that's a conversation for another time. I'm just talking about how we just have this hyper awareness because, you know, obviously with flex culture and internet culture and constantly comparing yourself to other people and constantly seeing what other people are doing. Not only that, but as I said, someone does make a mistake and all of a sudden they're obliterated for it. Everyone can see it. It's so embarrassing. Like there'll be so many comments laughing like, ha 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 ha, lemeo, like that's so funny. Um, And that's what we see every day. Like that is what we are exposed to, seeing other people get absolutely ripped to shreds for their mistakes and honestly man 
It's anxiety inducing. Are you kidding me for like a little anxious girl like me to go around making mistakes? Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want people like pointing at me and laughing at me and like, oh. and, um, you know, going into the whole perfectionism side, it like, oh. As you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I have like struggled with perfectionism a little bit. And I do like to talk about that on the podcast because a lot of us do, man. A lot of us like in school were little high achievers, thought we had to get the best grades and everything, thought we had to be good at everything, be the little teacher's pet. And then obviously once we're older and we realize how toxic that kind of those thoughts are and that, you know, you're kind of like unraveling that thought process, you really do realize how much pressure you put on yourself to be perfect or to be a certain way or to not make mistakes. Um, And that's why I wanted to make this episode to just talk about it, to have a little dish sesh with you guys about it. Um, And I actually looked up, there's actually a term for it. It's called a telephobia. And a telephobia is basically perfectionism. It's basically the like fear of making mistakes, but like to the extreme, obviously, like I'm not going to go around and be like, oh, I have a telephobia um, because I probably don't because phobias are serious, but that is the the official name for it. Like if you have a really, really big fear of making mistakes, it is called a telephobia. Fun facts with Jordan. Um, and the thing with a telephobia or perfectionism or just a fear around making mistakes is that it actually leads to avoidance. Like you're so scared of making a mistake, you don't even want to do the thing. You don't even want to try because you're so terrified of having a bad result that you don't even want to try. Like this, uh, my example for this is social media, TikTok. Like I, for a long time, did not post on TikTok because I was so freaking embarrassed. And I was like, if my TikToks don't go viral, I like, then I'm an embarrassment. Like, that's so embarrassing. Are you joking me? Like, I can't put it, like, it's so embarrassing to get zero likes on TikTok. It's so embarrassing to get really, it's not embarrassing. Holy shit. Like I've had to rewrite that narrative so hard in my brain. And every single time I create a piece of content and it doesn't do that well, I have to look at it as a lesson and be like, okay, I tried that. Clearly that's not as aligned with my audience. Maybe I won't focus on creating content like that. I'll kind of pivot and use it as a learning opportunity or use it as an opportunity to practice. Like even if like, let's say I do a TikTok where I'm talking to the camera for a minute and let's say it gets like one like, yeah, that's only one like, but that doesn't mean that the content is bad. That's just me. That just means that I'm at the start of my journey. I'm learning. I'm learning how to talk to the camera. I'm learning how to, you know, have a first line that, you know, hooks people in. I'm learning and that is so fine. And yeah, so you know, a telephobia and perfectionism can lead you to avoid even wanting to do it. Like I didn't do it for so long. Like for a full year, I was like, I don't want to make a TikTok. Like, oh, what if it doesn't do well? Like, what if it doesn't go viral? Like, that's so embarrassing. What if someone from school sees it? And honestly, who cares? I'm not going to let that stop me anymore. I'm just going to post whatever the F I want on my TikTok. Um, So not only does it lead to avoidance, but it can also lead to like being really judgmental. And I know like this is this is so true for me, you know, honesty hour up on the mess to success pod. I can be very judgmental sometimes. And it's not that I think I'm better than other people. In fact, it's the complete opposite way around. It's because I judge myself so harshly and I hold myself to a standard that is so ridiculous and unattainable in my own mind that when other people around me don't meet that standard, which they can't because it's a ridiculously impossible standard, I judge them. And I'm aware of that and I'm working on that, but that is another thing that can happen because of that, that, you know, not only do you hold yourself to these crazy standards you hold the people around you in your life to these standards and that's just like it's just it's not good so I'm gonna tell you guys a few stories so I have a story 
I made a mistake at work, a boo-boo, and oh my God, it messed me up. <laughs> okay, so here's the story. Basically, I work as a marketing and event coordinator, as most of you probably know, and I was sending like a promotional email, like we had a workshop coming up and I was sending out a promotional email to like, I don't know, like a thousand people. And so, you know, I had the email, it was all ready to go, like it was all proofread, like I was so happy with this email and I like loaded all of the email addresses in because I was doing it like, I don't know, I was doing this email in a different way to the way, you know, I wasn't, anyway. Um, and I loaded the email addresses in and I click send and, you know, I'm going about my business. Um, and then all of a sudden I start getting an influx of emails being like, thanks a lot. Like you're a scammer. Like you've just released my email address to like thousands of people, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just immediately, like my face started tingling. And like when I started getting these email notifications, I was in a meeting with my boss. Like we were talking about something completely different and we were trying to work on stuff and I was trying to do stuff with him. And then out the corner of my eye, I can see like I'm getting notifications on my watch because I've got an Apple watch and like I've got my phone beside me and I'm getting like email notifications and I can see I'm reading these email notifications and it's like, oh my God, like you're a scammer. Like, I can't believe you did that. Like you've just shared my data, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like shitting myself. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, my face is going so hot. I feel like tears pricking in the back of my eyes and I'm trying to hold it together because I'm like having this meeting with my boss. Anyway, what I had done was when I'd sent this email out, instead of putting the email addresses in the blind CC, which means that when you send the email out, no one can see who else you've sent it to. I put all of the email addresses in the to section, meaning that every single person who got the email could see the email address of every single other person who got the email. And like, really, uh, I guess it's not in the scheme of things. Of course, it's really not that major. But in that moment, oh my God, in that moment, I thought I was going to jail. Like I literally, I would, I thought I was going to get fired. I thought like, cause we have a team that work in New South Wales and like the girl who works in New South Wales, she was calling me and asking me what was going on. And like, she was even saying to me on the phone, like, oh no, that's all right. Like it happens. Like we've all done that or like not to that degree, but like she was just saying like, cause she called me to be like, what's going on? Like we're getting, you know, feedback about this. And I explained the situation to her. I said, look, it's like, it's completely my fault. Like I took full accountability. I said, it's my fault. I'm so sorry. I sent this email out. I didn't realize I accidentally put the email addresses in the two instead of into the BCC. And this has happened. I'm so sorry. And she literally was like, it is okay. We've all done it. Like, don't worry. And I still, oh my God, I still felt sick to my stomach. I felt like the worst person on earth. Like genuinely, I had anxiety over it for like a week. And really like, it's really not, you know, it's not life or death. It's a mistake. I'm a human being. I'm a human being. And that shit happens. And guess what? After that mistake, you can bet that I've never done that again. And every single time I send out a bulk email or I send out an email to even two people, I double, triple, quadruple check the BCC and that the email addresses are in the right spot and that I'm sending everything in the right spot. And I learned so much from that. I learned that like, it is okay to make a mistake. And also in that moment, like I was having a full on breakdown, like I felt so guilty. I ended up calling my best friend in that moment. If you're listening, Alana, love you. Um, and I called my best friend in that moment. And she was even saying like, she has done something similar, but like in my mind, I had built this mistake up. I was like, oh my God, I am the worst person on earth. No one has ever made this mistake before, except for me, because I'm a huge failure. And I was building it up so much. And it's really like, like this was a couple, like this was like seven months ago now. This was ages ago. Um, well, not ages, but you know, it was a few months back and yeah, I just, I just wanted to tell that story because 
in that moment, in that week, it felt so yucky. It felt so like, I felt like such a failure. I felt like a mess. I just felt so guilty. I felt so anxious. And now seven months on, which yeah, it does feel like it was ages ago, but really it's only seven months. I don't even think about it anymore. Like it's really, it's not a big deal. Like I learned from it. I check my emails now. It's really, it's really not a big deal at all. It's fine. And I wanted to tell that story for that exact reason. And I also have a quote for you guys. Uh, So this quote is from George Bernard Shaw. And the quote goes, a life spent making mistakes is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. And that's so true. Like if I hadn't made that mistake, I wouldn't have learned the lesson. And you can bet that learning the lesson by making it through a mistake was so much more powerful than if someone had just said it to me. Like if my superior had just said, oh, by the way, when you send emails, make sure you send it to the right person or make sure you put the email addresses in blind CC. But like by doing it, oh yeah, trust me, I'll never do that again. (laughs) So mistakes really are the best way to learn. And they help you learn about yourself. They help you learn how do you respond in those situations? Like what's triggering for you? Like they really, really do teach you a lot about yourself. Um, And so I have another story. Um, (laughs) And this is another, I guess, one of like, if I look back on my life, you could think of it as one of the mistakes in my life, but it's not like it was such a learning experience. So, okay. A couple of years back, I was obviously at university. I was studying like marketing, media and communication, all of that kind of thing. And I was working at Hungry Jack's and I just had this moment of like, oh, I don't want to work here anymore. Like this, this is so beneath me. Like I need to get a job in the industry. Like I'm so over this. Who knows? Like maybe a customer had abused me that day or something. Who knows? Anyway, I was feeling dramatic. So I went on to seek and I was applying for jobs and I applied for like a bunch of these jobs and it was like direct marketing, marketing, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, marketing, direct marketing, face-to-face marketing. And I was like, ooh, like that's so cool. I'm studying marketing. I should try that out. Um, and you know, I applied for it. I didn't even think I would hear back because in my mind I was like, Oh, like that's a real marketing job. Like I'm not going to hear back from that. That's like the real deal. Anyway, I did hear back the very next day. I got a few callbacks and they're like, yeah, we'd love to interview you. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. And then, um, yeah, so I went to these interviews and first of all, here's mistake. Number one, I did not ask enough questions about the role. I did not ask what is the day to day in this role like? What does a normal day in this role look like? What are some of the tasks that you have to carry out in this role? What are the skill sets you need for this role? So that was mistake number one, was that during the interview, I kind of let the interview go as like, they were very much so interviewing me and that's fine. But also I should have been interviewing them. Is this workplace what I want? Is this workplace aligned with me? Is this workplace going to give me the skills that I actually need? Is this workplace really going to be better than, you know, serving people at Hungry Jack's? And that's what I, so yeah, mistake number one. But anyway, I got the job and I was like so happy because I was like, oh my God, yay. Like I have a job in marketing. This is so cool. Anyway, first job, uh, first day on the job rolls around and, you know, we go to this random suburb, like, so that they had like this office and there's like the team in the office and everyone's kind of like hyping each other up and they're like, it's like a really good environment. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is great. Like they're all, they're all young. They're all energetic. They're all like, you know, really hyped up for this day of face-to-face marketing. Like, what is this? Anyway, we then like travel out to this like random suburb on the South side. And do you know what I did for eight hours after that? I door knocked. It was a door knocking job. It was one of the, oh my God, guys, that's what I did. I was one of those door knockers. 
that's what the job was. That's what they meant by face-to-face marketing. It wasn't bloody face-to-face marketing. It was door-knocking sales. Like, that's what it was. Oh, it was, oh my God, I can't even express to you. And the thing is, is that if you do that, and if you're good at that, and you enjoy that, all the power to you. I'm not saying it's a shit job. I am not saying that at all. If that's what suits you, by all means, that's amazing. But yeah, I was one of those like people that come and knock on your door with a little iPad and try to get you to like buy a charity subscription. Or sometimes like you see them um, like at the train station or you see them in the city and they'll try and stop you and get you to like sign up for a charity or like donate to this charity. And I will say that, you know, because I did it, I can say like it is, it does, the money does go to charity. Like it's not like a full on scam. It's not like they're taking the money. The money does 100% go to charity, but that doesn't mean it didn't feel like a scam. Like I'm knocking on people's doors, trying to get out this pitch about why they should sign up for Red Cross. And people were like slamming the door in my face. People were abusing me. People were like yelling at me. And so not only was it just so like, oh my God, so degrading because I was being yelled out, being abused. No one wants to deal with the salesperson like at your door. Like I couldn't even get my words out before people would interrupt me and tell me to like F off essentially. Um, So not only was it that, but you have to walk around these suburbs for eight hours, like on your feet. And like one of the first ever day was in Mount Gravatt and I was wearing like little heeled boots. And if you know Mount Gravatt, you know, like it's a suburb in Brisbane and it's so hilly. It's got so many hills and I'm like walking through the suburb in these heeled boots. I'm dying. I've never done this much walking in my life. I'm getting abused because I'm trying to be a salesperson. And oh my God. And okay. What's worse? what's worse is that so I'm like doing this job I did it for about like two three weeks I'm hating it like I'm literally crying so much like I don't want to go to work I'm dreading it like I just don't even like I just feel sick to my stomach at this job because I hate it so much it's so not aligned with me I feel so sleazy doing it and I'm thinking okay what are my options I can go back to Hungry Jack's but guys get this when I left Hungry Jack's, I made such a huge deal out of it. Like I even went into like our little Facebook group. Like we, li- we had like a little star Facebook group and I like wrote this paragraph and I was like, thank you for all of the memories. Thank you for everything. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you for the friendships. Uh, I'm going to miss you all. And I'd like gone and made this huge post like, oh, onto better things. Like blah, blah, blah. Oh, so embarrassing. And, um, Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I could go back to Hungry Jack's, but like, I've just made such a huge deal about leaving. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Anyway, so I'm out there. This is like my third week on the job. I'm like, from the get-go, I'm feeling disgusting. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. And I'm messaging my bestie and I'm saying to her, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Like, this is really like, I feel like shit. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have another day of knocking on people's doors, getting abused, feeling sleazy. And she was like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you've got this. Like, anyway, we start door knocking and literally I've knocked on maybe three or four doors. And like, I just have a full on breakdown, like crying tears, like can't do it. And I just literally give up. I gave up. I just went, I went up to like the I don't know if she was a manager or like the sales manager or whatever. I just went up to her. I'm like, look, this is not going to work for me. I quit. Tears streaming down my eyes. I'm sobbing profusely. And I just say like, I can't do this. Um, I'm quitting. Bye. And yeah, I quit. And I've never done that in my life before. And if you know me, you know that I'm like, oh, never quit. Like high achiever, blah, 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 blah. So quitting that job was such a big deal for me because I'm the sort of person who it's like, well, I can make anything work if I work hard enough. So I had a little bit of like, oh, well, I'm not good at this door knocking job. It's it's my fault. It's my fault. Like I'm, I can't do this job. And then I had to be like, you know what? No, it's not me. I can't do this. And I was literally like sobbing. And like, I called my best friend, like in tears. I'm in this random suburb on the South side of Brisbane. And 
like I live on the north side so I'm like in this random ass suburb that's like so far away on the south side and I call up my best friend I'm like in tears and I tell her exactly what's happened I'm like I just quit like I just walked away like it's done it's done I'm not doing this anymore and she bless her soul came and picked me up and we went shopping and like she just oh my god she treated me so well and then that afternoon she took me to my old Hungry Jack's store and I had to go in and I talked to the restaurant manager I explained what happened and they gave me my job back and they gave me my job back and I had to resign myself to coming back to Hungry Jack's and it was fine. It was fine. And you know what? When I did go back to Hungry Jack's, I had like this whole new renewed appreciation for it. I was like, you know what? I am at uni. I need to be focusing on my studies. The fact that I can come to this job and it's so easy for me now, like, yes, I have to deal with shitty customers. Yes, I feel oily afterwards. But at the end of the day, my friends work here. My boyfriend at the time worked there and like, it was just easy for me. So I was like, I I was so grateful like to be back there I was like every single like because I was the drive-through order taker every single order that I took I felt I was like oh my god so grateful to be here so grateful to be taking these orders instead of knocking on people's doors so yeah the le- like the reason I wanted to tell that story is because I wanted to talk about what I learned from that because I learned so much the first thing I learned what am I willing to put up with I have like there is only so much I can put up with and I like it wasn't my fault that that particular job was like going past my boundaries that I couldn't do it. It wasn't like, it wasn't a mistake to quit. It wasn't, it was like, I had to do that for myself. I can't force every situation to go exactly how I want. I just can't, I just can't. Even if I was like, no, like I need it in this job. Like I need to be good at sales. I just, I can't force it. It's okay to not be good at everything, especially if you don't even want to do it. I don't want to be a salesperson. So why do I need to be good at sales if I don't even want to be that? Like, and the answer is that I don't. And you know, at the time it felt like the biggest mistake ever. I felt like, oh my God, that was such a huge mistake. I can't believe I went out, got this new job, did this job for a month and then Literally all within the space of a month, I was back at Hungry Jack's doing my original job anyway. And I could think of that like it was a mistake, like it was a waste of month. But honestly, like I learned so much from that experience. I learned so much from it and I don't regret it at all. And I think it's a funny story now because like I didn't realize how many people have actually done the same thing. Like so many people have ended up in those door knocking jobs or like it's not just door knocking. You can also do like shopping center, like where you're trying to do it in the shopping center. I've had a friend that's done that before or like you're doing it um, like at the train station or in a public area. So many people have done that before and it's so funny. Every time I meet someone who's done that job no one lasts a long time in it or at least no one that I've met they'll be like oh my god I did that for a month back in like 2017 it was the worst month ever and it's funny like it's so funny to talk about it now but yeah I'm so glad it happened I'm so glad that I went through that at the time it felt like the most traumatizing moment of my life but I'm glad that I went through that and you know failing over and over again Like that is how you learn. That is how you succeed. How can you succeed if you're not actually willing to put yourself out there, try something new and realize if it doesn't work? Because guess what? I tried that job. I realized, all right, this is not for me. This was a mistake. I'm not, and I learned from it. And guess what? I've never done a door knocking job again. Never will. <laughs> um, so I guess to kind of wrap up the this area on mistakes, I'm gonna leave you guys with a quote um, that I really like. So, This is from Coach John Wooden. Mistakes come from doing, but so does success. Literally so true. How can you be successful if you're not willing to throw your hat in the ring and learn from it and learn from your mistakes? And as I said with the previous story, like mistakes are the quickest way to learn a lesson. If you want a lesson learned, you make a mistake, you'll never bloody do it again. That's for sure. 
Okay, moving on to the next portion of the podcast, and that is guilty pleasures. If you listen to Mester Success, you know we are messy, but we are going to be successy, and we are allowed to have our guilty pleasures. We are allowed to enjoy the things that we like. My guilty pleasure this week is bagels. Yum. Are you joking me? So I've started buying bagels when I do my grocery shopping just from Woolies. Like there's like a brand that you can get bagels and it's delicious. And I take them to work every day. And it's so good because all I have to take in my lunchbox, to be fair, if you want to do this as well, you your work does have to have a kitchen in it, but most workplaces do. So I literally, I take a bagel and I take an avo and then I've got like cream cheese in the work in the fridge at work. So like, I don't even have to bring my own cream cheese because I just bought one and left it in the fridge there. And yeah, I have a bagel with cream cheese and avocado on it every day and it's bloody delicious. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's such an easy work lunch and you can like, you can be healthy with it. There's like whole grain bagels, there's blueberry bagels, like you can choose to be healthy and you don't have to have cream cheese on it. That's just a me thing because like I freaking love cheese. Um, so yeah, you can be healthy with it and it's so good. It fills me up so much and it's so easy. It literally takes like five seconds to prepare in the morning and it's done. Work lunch is packed. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation and guilty pleasure for this week. Anyway. That is where I'm going to wrap up this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know if you enjoyed it. Obviously, I did a lot, a little bit more kind of like storytelling and leaning back onto my own experience in this podcast because I think that um, that's the direction I want to go with this. I want, you know, you guys are listening for a reason. You're listening because we are going from mess to success. So why not talk about my own messes to successes situations? So I hope you found that helpful. If you did, um, let me know. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate me five stars on the Apple podcast app. Write a review. If you rate me five stars and write a review, send it to me on Instagram at Jordan K Creative. And I will send you like I don't know what I'll send you. I'll send you a little surprise. Um, Don't know what it is yet, but I'll send you something. Anyway, I'd really appreciate that. So yeah, rate it five stars. Give it a follow. That's like the best way to help out this podcast. Share it on your story. Recommend it to a friend. All of that jazz. And all of my social medias will be linked down below. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will be back in your ears next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.